Many young people have grown up knowing that it's their cup that needs to be filled up by the teachers, the mentors, the parents, the bosses, the CEOs who have the jug to fill it up. Here at Boardroom Banta, we believe that it is through coming together that we create a bigger pool of knowledge and wisdom with the mission of making the boardroom as big as it can be, amplifying the stories behind the people and filling each other up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Boardroom Banta podcast. My name is Boniface Omina and today in this episode we have an amazing banter we're gonna have an amazing banter conversation with the jerome alphonse he's currently um a staff with the african leadership university here in mauritius and he's a little more than that right um over the course of this year jerome has been our go-to person with um, networks that we're trying to build on the island, how we're approaching our different um, business initiatives and stuff like that. And, you know, it's always interesting to see just how, just how, how much social capital can be built from, from simple interactions with the people in your environment. And, you know, that, that is the basis of our conversation, right? And how, how that translates to, you know, the career development space and advancing in, you know, the different channels or approaches that people are taking in pursuing their careers and pursuing their their goals in life so jerome welcome to studio how are you doing how are you feeling today where are you right now <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for the fact thanks for the warm welcome and it's really good to be here um but for the moment i'm in the south of the island in somewhere called Grosbois, which um literally translates to big wood um <laughs> yeah as funny as that might be <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, I'm celebrating this weekend as my mom's 60th birthday. So we're all, um, we've all gathered as a little family and, and we're, we're partying that out. Beautiful. Happy birthday to Jerome's mother. If, and when she listens to this episode, we hope she does. (laughs) So Jerome, right. Um, the first time, first time we met was during the induction ceremony, right. Back in, back in February, was it, um, 2021 and, you know, we hit it off with, you know, conversations of, oh, where are you from? Where am I from? You know, what's your life story? Just a bit of snippet. And it was one of the things that stuck out was just how how intentional you you were about, you know, some of the decisions you made later on in your career, um, closer to where you are now. And then the, you know, the approach that you had in college and and that sort of those sort of formative periods um, when you're going through campus, trying to navigate what what exactly you want to do you know, with your life in terms of careers and everything. And like we just like to just dive a bit deep, deeper into like your life story. Right. Um, and I know you studied here on the island at Curtin University and you know that was a unique experience in itself. Um, so talk to us about, you know, finishing high school, joining college and just how. What was the landscape at that time, you know, with 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 campus life, with, um, you know, in the economy and the decisions that led you to, you know, hopping into the field you're in now? That was starting off with a mad question. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right, let me think back a couple of years, first of all. Um, so when I finished when I finished high school, um, I didn't have much of an idea of what I really wanted to do. Um, and obviously talking to a lot of people, <clears throat> my cousins, my family, 
um, my older friends are like, oh, you know, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, what should I do? And everyone pretty much um, advised me to take a gap year between my studies and and um, and starting to work to actually kind of discover myself and who I am and what I stand for and, and what I want to do moving forward. So um, that's what I did. Um, I finished university um, later than than my cohort because I took a, I took a break in between my studies um, for personal reasons. Um, so I finished my studies and um, took a gap year. And during that year, I left for Australia um, for a year of backpacking and soul searching, pretty much. Um, okay. And I okay. would say I, I think that if I I didn't have that experience. Um, if I didn't add that experience to my, to my life experience, um, I would have been a completely different person. Um, I mean, all the challenges and the highs and the lows, the grows and the glows that I went through, um, were extremely formative in, 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 how can I say this? In me setting me myself up, um, for what I actually discovered to be my passion, which is people. Um, and people in general, I have, I have a massive passion for people because I think that um, as much as we're, we're capable of um, the bad things and the worst things that, that exist on this planet, um, we, are, we are capable of the best things, um, the best advancements, the best ideas and, and the most creative ones that, that make our planet, our people uh, move forward in their lives and their careers as well. Um, and upon coming back, I was like, Okay, I discovered that in Australia, right? That my passion is for people. I've, I've, I had always been the friend that everyone goes to, like, I need advice. I mean, you know, I, kind of, I feel kind of lost, and and you know, I need someone to either just listen or you know, give advice, right? So I, I kind of turned out to be that go-to friend that everyone would would seek advice from. So when um, I moved back from Australia to Mauritius, I was like, okay, I can't settle down. I can't take a break, right? I need to hop on the, the the job wagon pretty much and and get my career started so um given that mauritius is is you know let's put it the way it is it's, it's very limited until now we're kind of we're very dissociated from all the advancements and all the different evolving and and um new industries that are that are booming around the world uh, we mauritius seems to be a bit behind sometimes um but anyway coming back to my point um, I, I, yeah, I, I took the decision to move into um, HR, of which I, I chose two functions that I would mainly concentrate on because I can't stand administration. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, who does, right? <laughs> um, I, I took the decision to, first of all, um, start off in recruitment. Um, so placing people in companies. And then I spent maybe two and a half years doing that, which um, was of great help to build my network because I met from entry level position entry level position people and, and applicants to top executives c-suite executives um for many different private and public entities in mauritius which was such a a nourishing and, and fruitful experience because yeah. i didn't necessarily know how to navigate all of this as soon as i got back to mauritius and i certainly didn't know how to navigate it because i had never done it before right the c-suite executives and stuff like that um and then after recruitment I moved into, um, I, I thought back, I was like, oh, you know, recruitment's good. Um, but when you're working in an a recruitment agency, it's a lot about the money you make, the, how much, how much, how many people you place um, to get the money rolling in, right? Um, and then it doesn't, it doesn't become about the people, it ends up being about the money that you make. So that kind of, that kind of turned me off, to be honest. 
and I took the decision to move into learning and development, um, where I, I I took a learning and development position in the recruitment agency I was I was working with at the time, um, and my job was to create and curate experiences and programs for um, for CSR programs, so corporate sustainability um, and responsibility programs. Um, where I had the opportunity to um, build two programs that are still existing today. Um, so it's, there's one called the Skills Hub program, which is an, a life and employability, skill, employability skills program um, for the underprivileged youth in the east of Mauritius. And um, another one for the, it was for the same client actually, um, was a, a manage, manage, yeah, management trainee program um, where they gave us their young managers and their young potential leaders um, and we brought them through a whole um, a whole program of um, professional development and skills development um, for them to actually own their place and and um, as as a young leader and eventually as as a you know manager and and directors or future heads in, in 10 15 years to come who knows yeah. um yeah, and then like I moved on um, in my career to a purely learning and development company um, called Dale, Dale Carnegie Training, which is a global training company, um, where I had the privilege to be exposed to so many people around the world. It was a small office in Mauritius, around six or seven people, uh, but I had the chance to be just surrounded by the most interesting, outspoken, talented people um, I had met until, until up to that date, right? Yeah. Um, given that it was a small company in Mauritius, but we we benefited from a global network. Um, I, yeah, I had the I had the chance and opportunity to be actually under the wings of certain you know um, managers and, and heads that um, guided and directed my my thought processes and um, and taught me a lot. And until the day I realized that I want to focus more on youth because that's where the promise and the change is gonna come, right? Um, and I took the decision to actually phone, phone a friend who was working with ALU, um, who coincident, coincidentally I, I recruited when I was working at the recruitment agency. Um, and she still she still works with ALU today. And I was like, oh, is there still a position available? Like, is there anything that you think would be um, suitable for my profile? And she's like, yeah, like there's so many positions online at the moment. I'm sure you'll find something um, to your taste. And I'm like, oh, I'll, like I'll jump on it. Visited the website, went through the positions. I was like, wow. And I, I fell onto um, the initial position I came in on, which was a student professional development associate role. Um, I applied for that did the interviews. Um, unfortunately, there was some, at, at that time uh, at ALU, there's a bit of restructuring happening and um, I didn't get the position initially. Um, there was a restructuring and someone internally took the position. And uh, unfortunately I had to, you know, I was, I was really disappointed because I, I, I had always seen myself really in, in that kind of position, like very close to students yeah. and, and guiding and, and counseling um, supporting students um, through their careers and, and their professional development. And um, funnily enough, a couple months, yeah, yeah, a couple months after, maybe a week or two before the first confinement happened in Mauritius, um, ALU got back to me and they're like, oh, you know, the person that um, we recruited, um, unfortunately, is having visa problems, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, you're the first person 
that we thought of. Um, so are you still willing, are you still interested in a position? I was like, I am still interested in the position, definitely. Um, <laughs> without obviously giving too much excitement, you know, giving too much. I was like, deep down, I was like, yes, yes. Oh my God, this is so good. And um, so I was like, yeah, give me some time to think about it. They told me maintaining the offer, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, yeah, just let me think about it for a couple of days and I'll get back to you. Um, Cause that's a wink, wink. That's a little tactic that, that has to be used at some point in time during one's career not to appear yeah. too um too enthusiastic about something too excited uh, about exactly they're gonna take advantage of that <laughs> they might not but they might as well who knows right yeah um and obviously i accepted the position with with great pride and um and i i i joined during covid and um which was well, not during covid during, yeah during the pandemic but after the lockdowns um, which was a, a really, really weird time because it was at a time where we were completing the digitalization of the campus, pretty much, where, you know, we were shift, shifting everything to um, to a learning management system and, and figuring out how that would play out for the career, de uh, the career development uh, department and team and where would I fit into there. So it was a weird time. And, um, and that was only last year, so August last year. And um, moving up to this year, um, I had the privilege to, to be offered a, a, a another position as a lead of the team, um, as another restructuring um, exercise took place. Um, and I gladly took it. Um, obviously, it's a challenge. I, I, this is my first, let's say, management slash leadership role. Um, yeah. I gladly yeah. took the challenge. And um, it's been going very well for the, for, the, for the time being. It's been a lot of work, a lot of challenges. Um, I must say, a bit less direct interaction with students, which which I I, I don't really like um, because that's why I do what I do. Right, these interactions is is what drives me every single day. Um, it could be one interaction per week, but that interaction would have been so so of so much added value for for hopefully for the student, but personally for me that it'll be like yeah, like now I remember why I do what I do, um, and. Um, and yeah, that's that's bring brings me to to this current point in time, um, and and engaging with you guys on on this this the boardroom banter podcast. <laughs> fascinating, fascinating story, Jerome. I wanna I wanna pick on a, a couple of things that you mentioned, and like firstly, like what what you said you've observed about just how Mauritius is sometimes behind when it comes to new industries, new trends, um, and because I remember when when we got to the school and the first um so for those who don't know ALU has um a module called projects where we get to work um with real life companies on some of the issues that they're going through and stuff like that and one of the first case studies we did was on the youth unemployment um landscape in the country right so the Mauritius economy is is pretty high okay higher than doing better than the Kenyan economy right correct me if I'm wrong guys fact check me anytime right um and you notice that the youth unemployment is very high in the country um and now in the research that we were doing just sort of finding out why this is so like you notice that um in in companies in high high level positions um of local companies right they're very it's it's mostly occupied by older people right even with the majority of foreign countries that are are 
foreign companies that are working here that have offices here in the country, there's still a very um, interesting observation of you know, just the amount of people, the age differences and the nationality differences, right? So given like back to what you said and, and the work that you've done in recruitment and career dev on the island, where would you say the, the gap is, right? With, with the young people in the country and how foreign students such as ALU students get in the country and are more, you know, have a competitive advantage when it comes to some of these applications that are made? That's an amazing question. Um, I think speaking from experience, one of the, one of the biggest issues um, I've, I've, I've managed to identify is, is upbringing. Um, it's, it's, it's really sad to say so as well. And it just brings me to a little clip I was watching. I was scrolling on Instagram actually last night and um, I fell on, a, on a, I stumbled upon a little video, a motivational video of a guy, I can't remember his name, who said, um, strong men uh, create easy situations. Um, easy situations, oh, strong men create easy, an easy life. Um, an easy life creates weak men and weak men and it just is, it's just a cycle that goes on I might not obviously be saying it properly but it's just a cycle that goes on so i think historically speaking that you know that the, the, the downfall of the overall sugar industry in mauritius and, and what happened in the past um has had a mad influence on on the the, the job landscape in mauritius um and and young people don't necessarily know what it means to work hard first of all um, that a lot of there's a lot of entitlement that, that is present within the young generation in Mauritius. Um, a lot of people are being taken care of by their parents, right? Um, so, you know, my dad does this, my dad or my mom has a company and, you know, I work for them and I work with them and I'm going to be the boss one day, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, it certainly stems from that somewhere. Um, I, another, another thing that I've noticed as well is that um, very unfortunately in Mauritius, um, I, I think that students aren't motivated to pursue something um, that would benefit not only them, but their community, um, their family and the country as a whole. Um, for example, like what we do at ALU is, is we prompt students to think about, um, think about their mission before they think about, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study business management because I want to become an HR manager. Yeah. Right? Like, like, why would that make sense, right? Um, and that's what happens in Mauritius. Um, I remember when I was choosing out, choosing my my field of study, which is HR. Um, <laughs> funny enough, um, uh, I chose HR because obviously I don't ha I didn't have many options because I know I, I knew I was staying in Mauritius, and I was like, I like people. Um, the the most interesting thing for me when I was at college, when I was in high school, was uh, business studies and the human resource chapters, um, the organizational psychology chapters and stuff like that. So I took that from a basis to choose what I wanted to do as, as studies. Um, what happens in Mauritius as well is that obviously there's a lot of high earning jobs, right? You're, you're a certified accountant with 10 years of experience. You'll be very well paid. Um, you're a sales manager with you know, 10, 15 years of experience, uh, been in various industries. You'll be very, very well paid. You're an engineer. Um, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. Those, th those are things that are obviously very hard to, very hard, it is very hard work that that's, you know, that you have to put in. Um, 
And the return obviously on that is very high. So a lot of parents prompt or, or, or push their, their children uh, into that direction. Oh, you know, you have to become a lawyer because mm, that pays well. But what, what if your child or what if, yeah, what if your child is, doesn't want to become a lawyer? What if they want to be, want to, you know, work the land or, or go into agriculture or go into tech or go into something, I don't know, the arts yeah. and culture, for example, that makes them happy, right? And I think it all stems from there. If it's something that makes you happy, um, you'll, you'll find ways, you'll find people, you'll find opportunities to be able to make yourself happier as an individual, make your immediate surrounding happier and make the people who you work for or who you work with happier as well. Um, so I think those are the three main issues maybe that, that, um, that I've managed to identify. And it's this too pertaining to the, the, you know, executives being, you know, of a certain age and stuff like that. I think there's, and I think it stems from the same problem. We, we, we recognize, or in Mauritius, it's recognized that um, the younger generations have this sense of entitlement. And, you know, when someone has a sense of entitlement, you don't necessarily want to put them or trust even to put them into a, into a higher position because how are they going to treat people, right? How are they going to talk to people if they're already entitled and, you know, they, that, that mindset is already dead set, that it's there, it's, it's there to stay. And, and what, what good would that do eventually moving forward um, with the team that they'll be working with or, and for the organization as a whole? So I think it, it's a kind of, it's a detractor for, for, for certain companies seeing the attitude and behavior of certain young people um, or of a lot of young people, maybe, who knows? Um, and maybe a last thing as well is that I remember at uni, and this is, this is such a bad thing as well from my point of view at uni, uh, a, lot of, a lot of our lecturers, or a couple of our lecturers, I won't say all of them, um, a couple of our lecturers always used to like, like you come to uni, you, if you're studying human resource management, you're studying to become a human resource manager you're not necessarily studying how to become a human resource manager. You're studying how to manage human resources. That doesn't mean you're going to become a manager. There's so many other possibilities and opportunities that can be taken advantage, you can take advantage of, right? Um, so I, I don't, I don't think um, as much importance has, should be put obviously on titles. You can have the biggest title in the world, um, and and uh, you know and earn millions per month or whatever. It, it doesn't mean that you know either you're happy or um, that you're making other people happy and you're creating a, a safe space and and, and a healthy environment environment for other people. So th I think there's a lot of different different issues and challenges everywhere to um, that kind of explains this complicated. Um, job landscape or career landscape in Mauritius but I, I, will, I will say something um, and this comes from my personal experience um, yeah obviously I, I've had the privilege to grow I was born and raised in the UK um, so kind of have that um, international mindset you know thinking and speaking to other people and, and opening up and sharing with other people has never been very difficult for me because it's, it's what you have to do on a daily basis pretty much right um, and like, how am, I, how am I to put this? Um, I obviously I've had I've had the privilege, been the privilege to be born out of Mauritius. So it's because it's a small island as well. Everyone knows everyone at some point in time, right? Um, which is quite I can tell you is quite annoying at some subject to subject. Right, it, it's true. <laughs> 
And um, but it, it nonetheless it doesn't it doesn't um, exclude the fact that if you put hard work in, and you are willing to make things happen, and and you put you put the, you know the right people on your side, um, the right ideas, and you discuss them with the right people, um, you gather the right resources, that you will get where you aim, and you know and that you'll be setting yourself up pretty much. It's not impossible. Um, and we can see it becoming a, a more and more of a reality at the moment with, you know, young entrepreneurs or the, the, the fintech and crypto economy coming up, um, arts and culture and photography and music and, and theatre um, and film production um, becoming a bigger and bigger um, part of the Russian culture um, and economy as well. Um, well, a bit, obviously a bit less due to COVID, but it's, it's something that's growing, right? Um, entrepreneurship in terms of... Um, even just social media influencers, pretty much, you know, brand ambassadors and, and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's so it's it's slowly shifting. Um, but yeah, those are the things that I, I've identified and and um, um, haven't come to terms with it yet because I'm I'm was born at a time when I, I I've known the analog and now we have the digital made that shift. But now we've we've got somewhere into the digital space, which is just so unexpected um, for most of us. Um, the multiverse, as we call it now, uh, or the yeah. metaverse, or the metaverse, the sorry. Metaverse. metaverse. <laughs> um, you're on, uh, you know, you're the, on Marvel, Marvel vibe right now. <laughs> it's true though, right? Like, it's it's just so true. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, yeah to, to end on that point, it's, it's, those are the changes I can see, but that, that's, it's also still a very strong reality pertaining to the issues and challenges that I previously mentioned as well. Um, given that that's the present um, reality in 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 Mauritius, right, and in in societies such as Mauritius, where where there's that there's that sort of privilege um, that might that some people may have, or that sort of you know safety net that you know young people are still facing, and you know that translates into you know the hard work that they're putting and you know, just their approach to careers. How how has that affected the recruitment um, expectations and approaches that are in you know, in Mauritius and economies such as this? That's a, a, another great question. Um, I wouldn't be able to speak much to that, given that I'm out of the the, the I'm not a hundred percent out of the recruitment industry. Uh, I'm still I have still touch points with it, but it's obviously there's what we call the the skill gap, right? Um, and it's it's a reality. It is definitely a thing, right? Um, I mean, the first thing I would mention is just communication, pure pure communication skills. And we don't learn that at school here. We don't learn how to play together and interact with each other. I well, maybe it's becoming something now. Um, but I remember at my time when I drew, so we don't learn how to play to. We don't learn values and principles. Obviously, those are things that are learned at home as well, which is really important. Um, but we're not given those those basic human relational human relation skills and communication skills when 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 we are kids and when we're teenagers and what happens um most of the time for for example intro more introvert people um they'll just stay to themselves right they'll close up even more um which means when they choose to study something they'll study and they'll have the most amazing grades ever sorry about that they'll have the most amazing grades ever um, you know, be straight A students, but when it comes to actually communicating with someone, it, it's it's you know it's next to impossible. It's re or it's really difficult f 
for them to get out to align a couple of sentences and be confident about it. But obviously that's work in progress, right? But I would say that's one of the biggest skills that, that, that the Mauritian youth lacks is, um, is assertiveness, self-confidence and communication skills. Um, unfortunately, some of those things are, you know, shouldn't and, and, and yeah, should not be, you know, controlled by, um, you know, whatever career you, you engage with. I think it's something that should be ingrained and, and, and educated into, into, um, into children's minds at, at a young age, how to play together, how to, you know, play in a team, not even work in a team, but play in a team. Um, what does it mean to have that common goal and, and working together towards it? Um, I mean, you know, we play football at school, but do we really understand what the dynamics of teamwork, teamwork are, what, what the different dynamics are? Um, not at all. It's just like, oh, you know, we're going to beat the other team. Oh, we're so bad. Like, oh, no, no, but we're going to play together. First of all, going to make sure we communicate as a team. And then, you know, we're going to beat the, the, the other team. Um, so I would say, yeah, those are the three main skills. Um, another, yeah, I, th those are the three main skills, I would say. Um, added to that, I would, I would add that sense of entitlement. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people, for example, in Mauritius go to study abroad, uh, Australia, America, you know, UK, France, everywhere, and be like, okay, I've, I've gone to France, I've worked in France, I've had like, you know, internships in France, and I'd come back here and be like, oh, you fair enough, you've had internships, you've had this and that. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't, um, that, that doesn't mean that you are worth, you know, a, a, an assistant manager's salary or a manager's salary. And, but they'll, they'll be coming back to Mauritius after three, four years of study and two internships and be like, yeah, uh, I want, um, you know, I want 40,000 rupees, which is pretty much the salary of your assistant manager, which requires like five to seven years maybe of experience, right? Um, so it, it's, it's, yeah, that there's that sense of entitlement as well that needs to, I think a lot of young people or the younger generations need to be, um, and this might sound pretty harsh, but need to be sat down with and told that, guys, this, it's like the world doesn't revolve around you. There's other people here and there's things to work towards. We have challenges as a community, as a society, as a country, as a world, um, where we would be very grateful to have your contribution. So tone it down a couple of notches and come and help out, right? Um, yeah, those, 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 are, those are my, let's say, 10 cents on that. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, something that, that you mentioned um, early on is just, you know, like when it comes to the skills, how, how those are being fostered in school, how those are being fostered at home, right? And um, there's an there's a article by Business Insider that spoke about, that said, um, at at least 70% of jobs are not even listed, right? And LinkedIn, you know, said something civil, um, found out something similar in their survey that 85% of jobs are filled through networking, right? And we hear a lot of it nowadays, or, or you need to know all the right people, you know, it's not just the qualifications that you have, you know, what your degree says, human resource and all that, but, you know, just equally investing in meeting the right people having the right conversations how has how has this trans how has this translated into into some of the opportunities that you've gotten and like when 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 people do approach you um in an in networking capacity what are some of the things you observe that are 
you know people do right and some people just don't <laughs> just don't do it right at all <laughs> um yeah i think maybe the the networking side well first of all um I remember, so before I left for Australia, um, I had maybe in my last year of uni, I had um, only a couple of units. So maybe class, like I only had two classes per week, which is like nothing, right? I had one lecture and what we call one tutorial, which is nothing. I could have been working pretty much full-time, but I wasn't, um, so to speak. I was a lazy, <laughs> lazy student. Um, and I remember getting in touch with someone with whom I was a, in high school with, um, who was at the same university as me, um, who had started working for the recruitment agency I ended working up with. And they, and he was like, oh no, we're looking for someone. I think your, your profile would match. I was like, well, yeah, like I, I'm interested, but you know, I have a, a, have one unit left to finish for uni. Um, like if you're looking for someone full time, I still need someone, I, I still need time to like concentrate on assessments and assignments and presentations. And I still need to go into class sometimes and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, still come for an interview. Um, we'll discuss, et cetera. So we did. Um, unfortunately, the role that they were looking for at that time was for an HR officer. So a lot of administration, payroll, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was like, mm, it doesn't Boring fit. Stuff. <laughs> for me, for me, it might be, it might be really exciting stuff for another person. Yeah. Um, don't know who that is, but it might. Um, so obviously I, I didn't go for it. The role didn't go forward. Um, and then I left for Australia. And then when I came back, I phoned that, I phoned that, that friend. I was like, I remember coming to interview with you. Like I'm, I'm, cut, I'm back from Australia. I'm looking for um, a position. And it was like, oh yeah, like go and visit the website. Um, I visited the website again and I fell on a position for uh, a junior talent acquisition, junior talent acquisition consultant position for the recruitment agency. Um, so I phoned up, spoke with the recruiter, and from that moment uh, and through maybe in three weeks, I had I had signed my my contract. And it was done. Bam! Like three weeks after I got back to Mauritius, it was done. My transition from that job to Del Carnegie was really interesting as well, because at some point in time, um, I was tasked with getting a few quotations for. Um, a training called Train a Trainer, which pretty much trains people to become trainers, uh, obviously. Um, and obviously, I picked up my phone. I was like, oh, you know, do internet research, open up a phone book, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I phoned Dale Carnegie because they, they came up as, a, you know, a leadership, human relations, um, communication, training consultant um, company. I was like, I'll give them a call, see what they can offer. Um, phoned them. I remember a salesperson coming coming down to see me who was as well as who is still a trainer um and um they came to explain everything about Del Carnegie, how they work what they're looking for etc cetera, etc cetera. um or, or what we listening to what we need obviously because we were reaching out to them um we didn't go ahead with the training with Del Carnegie but um we stayed in, I stayed in contact with a receptionist um who's now the sales coordinator over there um and I, I i don't know how much time passed between those two moments but at some point she called me and she was like hi jerome we're, we're like are you still interested in becoming a, a corporate trainer i was like for sure i am where is this conversation going 
um i was like yeah yeah i'm still like i haven't done any certification yet but i really like to become a corporate trainer um you know specialize in soft skills and leadership etc cetera, etc cetera. and she's like oh you know that's that's really cool because we have an opening at del carnegie for um to become a business developer and um parallel to that to be uh, trained to become a trainer to become a, a del carnegie trainer and I was like, and then my heart started thumping. I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like Crazy. all of this is happening at the same time. And I was like, okay. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, can you come to the office such and such day? Um, I took a day off. I remember taking a day off, um, you know, busing it up to the off to the to Del Carnegie's office um, in Cattleborn and um, taking part in um, which started off was the first phase of of interviews it was a group interview um, with maybe at least 10 people they identified with with a good profile to be to fill this position so people with more experience than me people than less experienced than me um that said i didn't have that much experience I had pretty much the many a year and a half two years two years two and a half years of experience at that point um and um in a couple of weeks they got back to me and said okay like you you made the cut like uh, you uh, above and beyond everyone else um we were really uh you know, really impressed by your performance in the, in the, the, the group interview. And we would like to see you on a one-to-one, -one, discuss, et cetera, et cetera. So I met up on one-to-one -one with the managing director. I met the whole team and um, it pretty much happened from there. Um, and then the transition from, from Dell Carnegie to ALU is, and this is net, pure network at play, right? So a, yeah. a really good friend of mine, who I mentioned earlier on, who I placed at ALU when ALU just implemented themselves into Mauritius, um, who still worked there. I phoned her up. I, you know, I was feeling that it was a small company. I was feeling that you know I've been around. I, I've seen a bit of everything. I, I don't see where what more I could do or where I could um, you know move up to. Given that it's a small company, it's an SME, um, and I wanted more. I want and that's that realization of wanting to work with youth. So I, I phoned up my friend, Shamima, shout out to Shamima. Um, I phoned up my friend, I was like, Shamima, is there a position? And it's like, yeah, there's positions, go on, into, go on the website, went on the website, applied for the job. Actually, when I applied for the job, um, I had my first kind of touch point interview with, with the manager of the career development department at the time. Um, he was like, oh, well, your profile corresponds to another position. Would you like to apply for that? Which was the career launch manager position and he was like i was like are you sure like i've never been a manager etc cetera, etc cetera. um and i was like yeah just give it a shot like you know it, it doesn't cost you anything apart from a bit more time and i was like what are you talking about and he says to me that okay we we think you're a good fit for the student professional development um position and we, we're going to give you an assignment to do um and that's the second step of of the recruitment process but we're going to give you two assignments because there's one for the career launch manager position and there's one for the student professional development position. So I had like one week to do like six massive questions, questions that I like things that I had had never even dealt with in my life, like data analytics and stuff like that. Like it was really complicated. Anyway, um, you know, time goes by um, and I got the job. And if I hadn't called my friend. Um, at ALU at that point in time to know if there's anything that's, you know, to my liking or, or aligned with my passions and interests, I wouldn't be where I was, uh, where I am today, like at, at all. I have no idea where I would have been. Maybe not even, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. Yeah. And um, 
what are the things that I see that that people do badly and not badly, but could do better, let's say, and do well? Um, in terms of like locally, you mean Mauritians or or just in no, general? From your experience, right? Given that that you've you've seen you've experienced different different um, parts of the world and how people do business, how people generally approach life. What are some of the things that you've observed that you know really stuck out for you? Um, if you're talking in general about life, I think for me, and this is purely my perspective. Uh, I lay a great amount of importance on um, discovering who you are as an individual first. I mean, it's um, it's a bit along the lines of before you go out to fix the world, make sure your own bed is made, pretty much. Um, a shout out to Dr. Jordan Peterson, if, if ever his ears, you know, yeah. magic won't fall on this on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, it's all about, about discovering and understanding who you are, what your values are, um, what value metrics you use to take personal and professional decisions. Um, you know, what do you hold close to heart? Like, what are your passions? What are your interests? What are your strengths? What are your areas of development? Everything we've worked on for the past couple of years since you're ALU students, right? Um, and this is why we prompt you to do that, because before taking any decision about your career, you're going to have to take decisions about yourself. Like, you know, where am I to go through? Which studies am I to engage with? How does that make sense to what I want to do afterwards? What if, you know, I don't like this anymore and I want to go towards something else? So having a better understanding of you, yourself as an individual, obviously helps you to make better contribution to the community, the society and, the, and to the world at large. Um, I think it's, and this is, again, this is my perspective and I, and, and I respect obviously all, all opinions, but from my perspective, I think it's unhealthy to engage in, um, in, in changing the world when your life is just not going well. Like, exactly. I mean, the, 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 maybe the, the, what I can compare that with when I'm, when I'm, when I'm not in a good state of mind and I don't feel well, I do not engage with coaching students or I don't, I don't engage with coaching anyone because I know that I'm not up to par. I, I know that I'm, I'm, I might be in a bad mood. I might be a bit erratic. I might be, you know, just some, just little things get on my nerves. And like, well, how would that transpire and how would that translate into my coaching? Um, and I, when I coach someone, I want to have full in, as much impact as possible on the question, the insightful questions I ask, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm very mindful of that, that I do not engage in coaching if I do not feel well, if I feel like sick or under the weather, I don't have the necessary energy to entertain it. Um, so, it, and that boils it back to understanding yourself uh, before anything else and be able to kind of draw those balances, uh, strike, sorry, strike those balances um, when you can and you cannot. And if you, if you feel you cannot, what, what would it allow you to do something? Um, and if you can, what would allow you to keep moving forward? Um, that's something I, I've noticed, um, that, that a lot of people engage with, you know, I want to, I want to change this and I want to change that. I want to change the government. I want to change, you know, climate change. I want to, it could be any issue you take, but make sure you know yourself and you know who you are before everything, before anything else. I think it makes, it makes life just that much, that much easier. Just that just that, cause you know, life is, is hard in general to some extent. But it makes knowing yourself makes it this much easier. 
Um, and if this is going to be just an audio, this when I say this much, it's about like an inch. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, that's that's for me is a, a really, really big, a big thing for me. Is it um, when we speak to a lot of our our peers and, you know, when we just listen to, you know, different people speak about knowing yourself, understanding yourself, identifying who you are, like, you know, exploring your identity. It's not something that that is as straightforward as you know, it sometimes come across, comes across, right? How, how would, how did you go about understanding yourself and, and knowing what you want? Like, what, what are some of the things that you did or engaged with or situation that you were faced with? And this, this is, mm-hmm. ooh, this is I, I learned this about myself. That's, that's again, an amazing that. question. Yeah, mm. yeah go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what, what was um, that process like for you? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind a bit back into, um, back into my life. Um, I think for me personally, once again, I think that I managed to create a, a better understanding of myself because I went through um, various big challenges in my life um, in a very short uh, span, span of time. And each of these events obviously had a a major impact on my personal life. First of all, my personal life. So it ranges from, first of all, unconsciously ranges from, okay, moving from the UK to Mauritius, like I didn't know how to speak French or Creole. Um, so I, I kind of had to learn that, like I had to adapt um, myself to the challenge that I bumped, bumped into in my life was, was losing my father. Um, and um, that, because obviously, not obviously he, he was we were very very close he was my best friend he was the person like I know like I didn't even need to speak that he knew like something was up I'll come back from school um come and say hi to him and be like oh like he like what, what's wrong yeah. with you my boy <laughs> like what's up like oh like I'm like I'm fine and I can like, no, he's like no you're not mm. um so it was it was it was a massive eye-opener that um to the fact that anything can happen at any time to anyone like that bam um, and that opened my eyes that I needed to understand what my contribution and my purpose is in this world. Um, it might sound a bit cliche or, you know, a bit, you know, um, but that's what, that's it's what, true. That, yeah. but it's true. Exactly. Um, so as from that point in my life, uh, you know, a couple of other things happened in my life that made me become conscious of um, myself and the world around me. And that, before I, like I mentioned earlier on, before I go criticizing anyone who's outside of my, um, you know, who's out there, external to me, maybe I should start by criticizing myself. Maybe I should start by seeing what's wrong with me. Because a lot of the times when we criticize something, as you know, oh, that dude, that, that girl or that dude, he's like, they're like that. Deep down, you, you most probably are like that as well. It's yeah. that's, you know, it's, 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 it's just <laughs> or like even that. worse exactly and that's that's where it would like the, the difference between behavior and inference right um like you, you you the way you behave and the way you would like others to behave um you know it should it should be aligned if you want others to behave in a certain way you should behave exactly the same um 
So I started understanding these things moving forward. And then I went to Australia, which was such a, an eye-opening experience. The, the number of people I met from, from around the world, from Europe to um, uh, America, South America, um, everywhere, the African continent, it's everywhere, um, was just eye-opening to me and how helpful and, and uh, amazing people they were to open their doors and, and give me a room to stay and, and help me out with my with my job applications because I was lost. I was in a new country. Australia was completely new to me. Um, and then taking the decision to move back to Mauritius as well um, opened my eyes because um, I felt that I was missing out on a lot, mainly pertaining to my family. So my sister had just had a first child um, and I wasn't there for the, for the birth, which, which you know, is, is kind of a big thing in a family, first, first grandchild kind of, of the family or first child of the yeah. family. Um, yeah. So I missed out on that. I was like, oh no, I, I need to, I, I, and I, I started my career pretty late as well at the age of 20, 26, when I got back to Mauritius. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's, it's just each and every step of the way that some, some event or something happens or something that someone says to you just makes so much sense that you have no other choice than to take it into consideration and change something for the, for the positive. Um, may it be in, in terms of your behavior, your, your ways of thinking, um, and your, the action taking, uh, pretty much. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, you have to want to be conscious about it, because if, if, like, if you don't care, like, you don't care, right? And, and you'll never be, um, mm -hmm. you'll, never, you'll never get you, yourself to face your reality. Other people will try and do it for you, but we all know what happens when someone tells you, you know, you should do this, you should do, we're going to do all the, the like the complete yeah. opposite, right? Um, so yeah, I think it has to be, uh, it's kind of a spiritual maybe awakening um, to some extent as well, mm. that, you know, there's change that needs to happen within you, not in your uh, immediate surroundings or immediate entourage um and yeah that that's it like it has to be it's, it's spiritual to some extent but then again you have to want to be conscious about it and make those decisions intentionally awesome thanks thanks for that you know, deep dive into into that specific aspect about yourself we appreciate that very much jerome um and as we as we come to the end of this guys you know how we you know how we do it at the boardroom banter quick quick <laughs> elevator chat right there Jerome, you're on your way out of the boardroom. And as you get to the elevator, you meet one of our bubbling interns who has uh, some questions for you. You know, he, he listened in to what you're talking about in the boardroom and just had these three quick questions to ask you before you go. So Jerome, are you ready for this next session? Let's go, shoot. Awesome. So the first question is, right, just in line with, just picking from from what you've just um, spoken about um, in the boardroom, right? If you could have a gigantic billboard with anything on it, what would it say? Oh my god, that's such a hard question. <laughs> wow! If I had a massive billboard, um, oh, it would it would probably be that thing like that that what i said earlier before you go out changing the world make your bed no mm. no be, be sure to make your bed 
Gotcha. Inspiring like that. Nice. <laughs> um, what books have greatly influenced your life? You can give a top two, top three, or top one. What books have really have greatly shaped your life? Um, Harry Potter. No, I'm joking. Um... Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> that would also work. <laughs> so I'll say. Um... First of all, maybe it's maybe it's not in order, um, but the first book that always comes to mind is um, it's a book called Siddhartha, um, which is written by someone called Hermann Hesse, um, who is German, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and it's the the um, story of Siddhartha, um, who is on just a massive soul searching journey to find to find himself. Um, it's a really small book, a really really thin book, but kind of put me into um, a thinking mode that there's just so many things that I have to discover before understanding who I truly am. Um, so that's one. Um, the second book would be, um, oh, I forgot, I forget the author's name because oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to butcher any names as well. It's two, two Japanese mm. authors, um, two Japanese psychologists and philosophers actually, um, who wrote a book called The Courage to Be Disliked. Um, which is based on Alderian psychology. And Alderian psychology's um, school of thought is that there is, well, one of them is that there is no trauma in the past. Um, they are all tools to build oneself. Um, you know, we should not look back in, in, in discourage and disarray. We should, we should look forward with the experience, experience that these, these things have taught us. Um, and the third book, um, yeah, I would say that, um, 12 Rules for Life by Dr. Jordan Peterson, because um, I've been a fan of him for, for quite some years now. And I think he, he drops maybe the biggest truth bombs in terms of um, individual awareness and, um, and, and, and psychology and, and boiling down to who we are as individuals is really important to me. Um, those are my top three. Thank you, Jerome. We're going to get those names to our listeners in the in the description section and lastly who would jerome be in the next 10 years let's wrap this up for us um nice one I, I really hope to be a i really hope to open shop yeah i really hope to because now that where i am at alu obviously i know that i'm making a, a um i have my contribution to make to to the african continent being from mauritius yeah and i'm really glad that i'm in that space and i hope i don't leave it um even if at some point I, I, I'm not with ALU anymore, um, it might happen. Yeah, um, like I don't know when or if that's going to happen in the near future, but, I, but ideally in 10 years, I would like to have open shop. Um, and um, in terms of, you know, youth, youth professional and personal development. Um, and because I see a, a very valuable niche market in it, it, I don't think it's something that's been tapped into at all. And I see the need, I see the need for the community and the society um, in Mauritius. Awesome. And we hope we hope we can we can play an active role in you know, helping you execute that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us, uh, listening to this episode. That was Jerome Alphonse. Jerome, we are so, so grateful for the time that that you've given to us and, and the opportunity to just take a, a, a peek at, at your life and the contribution that that you you have made and are looking to make 
to the young people on the African continent. Thank you so much. And we hope to have you back again, ladies and gentlemen. Send us your comments, send us your thoughts about this episode. If you love to get in touch with Jerome, shoot him a LinkedIn message. I'm sure he'd be happy to connect. Thanks so much, Jerome, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much, team. Really appreciate being here. And anytime you invite me back, I'll be back. No worries. Sweet.